Following my last and I am told rather emotional solo episode titled The Pain of Regret of when my brother Lewis and I did voluntary work in a hospice in London and the story of Mary and Kate and the regrets of the dying, I want to continue talking about embracing mortality and seeing the big picture. You cannot have lasting happiness until you can see the big picture, right? And if you cannot see the big picture, you'll get blindsided by the things you don't see coming around the corner. Stress, anxiety, overwhelm, fear and sickness, it can easily creep up on you and consume you when you're caught unaware. So take the story of the two frogs in a well. One is at the bottom of the well, the other is at the top. The frog at the bottom of the world thinks that the circle of sky he is seeing is in fact the whole sky. The frog at the top of the well, he actually sees the entire sky. And so sometimes we can go through life like the frog at the bottom of the well. We think that we see the big picture and that's all there is to our world. But there is so much more that we are not seeing. And it is impossible to see the big picture from where we are currently standing, right? When we can change our position in life, when we can ascend, when we can change our worldview, our lives instantly fill with awe and wonder. When we can see the big picture, we can anticipate the future and we can respond to life's demands with fearlessness, with grace and with poise. Our world becomes expansive and we experience how miraculous our life truly is. Remember this, we do not climb mountains so that people can see us. We climb mountains so that we can see the world. So let me put things into perspective with the big picture view. So we live on a planet in the middle of the universe that's so incredibly vast that scientists cannot fathom its magnitude. And it is time, not space, that limits our view of the universe. Beyond a certain distance, light hasn't had time to even reach us yet. And the universe continues to expand faster than our mind and our heart can ever know. It is impossible to know how much more there is out there. And in 2003, NASA photographed the oldest picture of the universe. It has taken the light from that point nearly 14 billion years to reach us. Keep in mind that light travels at 300 thousand kilometers a second so if you could travel 300,000 kilometers every second for 14 billion years you'd reach the outer edges of the known universe that distance is likely beyond comprehension right so consider this if you could travel at the speed of light you could travel around the earth 7.5 times in one second amazing right Scientists estimate that five times more stars are in our universe than there are grains of sand on every beach on the planet. And yet Alpha Centauri, the closest star system to our solar system, is located a short 4.24 light years away from our sun. So it would take four and a quarter years traveling at 300,000 kilometers a second to get there. It's mind-boggling. The distance is so vast, it's mind-boggling. Compared to the size of the universe, our little planet is insignificant. And so, what does that say about human life? Carl Sagan sums it up. He says, look at that dot. Look at that dot that's there. That's home. That's us. 
on it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you've ever heard of, every human being who ever was lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and our suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies and economic doctrines, every hunter, every forager, every hero, every coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor, explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on a moat of dust suspended in a sunbeam. And you might be thinking, where are you going with all of this, Pauline? <laughs> Bear with me for a little longer. And so planet Earth is 4.5 billion years old. Our species, the Homo sapiens, are believed to have emerged almost 200,000 years ago. Every human being is made up of 70 to 100 trillion cells. And each one of those cells is made up of 100 trillion atoms. So if you were to enlarge those atoms to a size of a baseball, approximately two football fields of empty space would be between those atoms. That's how much space is in and around you, existing as potential energy. Now let's consider time in reference to our lives. The average life expectancy of a human being in the world's most affluent countries is roughly 82 years old. But let's suppose, let's suppose we take good care of ourselves and exceed the average. Let's imagine we are lucky enough to live for 100 years. And indeed, indeed, modern science and medical advancement sees this rapidly becoming the norm. If we live for 100 years, we get 36,500 days on the planet. And so significant issues need to be considered here longevity is of prime importance. So if you live to 100, I ask you, how will you design your quality of life? How will you design your quality of character? Will you choose to live your life deliberately or will you choose to live your life by default? Will you live out your days filled with a sense of purpose, a sense of joy, love and adventure? Or will you be trapped by the same old routines and the same expired skill sets? Will you actualize your true potential? Or will you remain caged, comfortable and stale? Will you engage in new and challenging activities or will you go on cruise control for years and autopilot your way through the opportunities that life throws at you? Will you continue to create, collaborate and innovate and make your mark on this world or will you be proud of your mediocrity? Will you be strong, fit, healthy and vital to help solve people's problems for the rest of your life or will you deteriorate slowly and become a burden to your family and to society? What will you choose? Will you be in optimum state to do your best work and be of use to serve humanity better? Or will you continue sleepwalking for the rest of your days? How will you leave a legacy that lasts forever? And yes, we will live longer. But the reality is when you look at the big picture, we still don't get much time in the overall scheme of things, right? Where I'm going with this is here. If we don't see the big picture, we can ignore the fact that our life as a human on this little planet is finite. We can live in ignorance with a false sense that we are never going to die. Seeing the big picture is both mind-blowing and or inspiring. It most certainly helps us put our life in perspective, starting with not sweating the small stuff.
And when we see the big picture, we are ignited to live a charged life, a truly lived life. Ralph Waldo Emerson puts it beautifully. We're always getting ready to live, but never living. Just because we are alive, it doesn't mean we are living. So when we think about embracing mortality, it's normal to get a little bit depressed. But if we can always see the big picture and the time we have left on this earth, it becomes very liberating. Here are five reasons why. We start listening to our heart more. If we ignore our inevitable fate, we can fall into the trap of ignoring our heart's calling and postponing what we are hungry to do with our life. At the end of our days, we don't want to be thinking, oh God, I'd wish I'd gone on that sailing trip or climbed that mountain or told that person I love them or had children or created that business or gone on that adventure or the myriad of other regrets. The second reason, we begin to view our time as a precious resource. We reclaim our agenda. We evaluate in the most informed way our priorities and what we're doing with our life. And as a result, better decisions are made about how we spend our time and who we spend our time with. Third reason, we begin to design our life consciously. As we recognize that time is precious, we stop delaying stuff. We offer life our very best and we make an effort to thoroughly enjoy and appreciate each precious, precious moment and we can become free of petty habits like envy, judgment, making comparisons to others. We naturally start to cultivate qualities of compassion and friendliness because we can see that we're all in the same boat, we're all connected, and everyone on this planet is part of this glorious journey. And of course, we give up attempting to control everything because we comprehend that so much of what happens in life is beyond our personal control. A hidden order is always at play. This means that we can let go and relax and enjoy life a lot more because we know that no fate determines our future. We determine our future. Frederick Bushner says, one life on this earth is all that we get, whether it is enough or not enough. And the obvious conclusion would be that at the very least, we are fools if we do not live it as fully and bravely and beautifully as we can. Ram Das says, the spiritual journey is individual, highly personal. It can't be organized or regulated. It isn't true that everyone should follow one path. Listen to your own truth, because we're all just walking each other home. <laughs>